support tech with Abu where you can listen anywhere on your portable devices this is a series of episodes with different topics discussed on disabilities different backgrounds religious sports technology and people in the disability section because we're always trying to be equal and be equalized with everyone so you can listen to this on your various platforms such as spotify apple music acast google podcasts or any other platforms online podcast services that are out there and you're joined with your host abu Bakr, the podcast called sport tech with abu so subscribe like comment and share sport tech with abu catch the latest interviews from the professionals of the specialized fields singers charities for the blind and from blind sports athletes Listen on all major podcast services, including the likes of Spotify, Apple Music, ACAS, Google Podcasts. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Equalizer Show every Monday morning, 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. with your hosts Abu Kishtiak and Abdurrahman. And you can listen to us on various platforms such as on your uh, Google Play Store or the iOS by downloading the application of Heritage Radio or on the Trinity or Garden Radio application by typing in Heritage or you can just listen in your car or on your portable radio on 90.6 FM. Could you tell your name and a bit about yourself and your role, what do you do? My name's John Whitmore and I'm one of the senior cardiac nurses at the British Heart Foundation. So the British Heart Foundation is a charity, um, we're a research charity and we're the biggest funder of independent research in the UK. So we provide about 100 million pounds a year for research into heart and circulatory conditions and alongside this we also provide resources for people that have heart or circulatory, circulatory problems. We also have a helpline um, and we also fund sort of implementation projects so with different hospitals with essential services we also support those as well. So my role is uh, threefold really so I work on the helpline so I help talk through conditions and any questions that people may have about heart and circulatory conditions. We also develop lots of resources that people can order or, or, or look online and then we do the media work, you know, things like this. Recently in the Euros we had Christian Eriksson with cardiac arrest and he fainted and long time ago Fabrice Mwamba got it done as well when it was in the FA Cup match between Bolton and the Tottenham Hotspurs. So what's the actual process of when someone gets the cardiac arrest and when a player faints or um, claps on the floor? Christian Eriksson has what we call a cardiac arrest. What that is, is when literally your heart stops beating. So the person won't be breathing and they'll be unconscious, you won't be able to rouse them. So that's the important difference. And it's caused by an electrical abnormality um, that stops the heart. So there are two things, two important things that, that people need to have done to them. And it's important to say that doing nothing is probably the worst thing to do because if we do nothing, then that person will not be able to sustain life and they will, in effect, die. So trying to do something is um, most important. So there are two things. There's the cardiopulmonary resuscitation, which we call CPR for short. And at the moment, with COVID, it's just doing the hands-on, so it's just doing the compressions with your hands. So that's the first thing that um, you need to do. Um, and the other thing is to access a defibrillator. So there are lots of defibrillators about in different communities, and it's important to, to try and understand and, and be aware of where your local ones are. So you call for help, first of all. Then you start CPR, send somebody to the defibrillator. The ambulance service have a list of, you know, a database of where all defibrillators are, so they'll be able to guide somebody to, to find your local one. And then, you know, this is what happened with Christian Eriksson, so he collapsed. 
it's one of 30,000 people that have a cardiac arrest outside of hospital a year. So even though he was very unlucky having a cardiac arrest, he was lucky in, in where he was, so he had access to people that knew how to do CPR and they had quick access to a defibrillator. When I was at my uncle's house at a barbecue and I just got a notification saying Christian Eriksson collapsed. Denmark versus uh, Finland got postponed and then they uh, played it later on. Abdelman's got a couple of questions for you as well. Abdullah, you need to fire away question number three and number four. How is a cardiac arrest different from a heart attack? And what are the key differences people should note? It's quite a common misconception and misunderstanding that a cardiac arrest and a heart attack are the same thing, and they're not. Um, a cardiac arrest is an electrical problem in your heart where your heart will stop pumping, so you are in effect, you know, not, you're not alive, basically. What a heart attack is, that's more of a circulatory problem, so that's more... Um, you've got arteries that feed blood to your heart and it's when one of those blocks off and so the blood and the oxygen can't get through to your heart and that's what a heart attack is. Now a heart attack can cause a cardiac arrest and I think that's where the, the misunderstanding comes from. So yeah, they are very different things. Somebody who's having a heart attack will be conscious. Um, they, they won't look well, you know, they may be very pale, they may be a little bit blue and clammy and they're complaining of central chest pain or aches in their arms or the jaw. Um, they may feel sick. Um, so those are the classic type of um, things that you would see if somebody potentially is having a heart attack. If it's a cardiac arrest, there will be no pulse, they won't be responsive and they won't be breathing. What should you do if you see someone unconscious and they weren't breathing? First call, who, who would be your first call to be under? The first thing that you would do is call for help. So if there's people around you, that's great. You know, get somebody else to, to phone 999. Um, so that's always the first thing that you do. Once you phone 999, the next thing to do is to start the CPR, start the chest compression. Lots of people are trying to do in this, and it, it's really important to just have a go. You can practice at home as well, and we've got some great... Um, training videos um, and different resources on our website that show you exactly how to do it. You can practice at home with the cushions on the floor so that you just get used to doing that. So that's important doing the CPR. In the meantime, somebody will be going to find a defibrillator and when that comes, comes back. These are machines that shock the heart um, and the idea is to shock it back into a, a normal rhythm. And this sounds frightening, you think you might electrocute yourself, but actually they're very safe and they talk to you. So you don't even need to read anything. It, you know, it tells you everything, where to put the pads, where to press the button. So they are as simple as they can be to use. So I think the big message is don't be frightened to try. The worst thing you can do is do nothing. How challenging has it been for yourself and for the actual team and the, um, the cardiac arrest team? COVID-19 has impacted so many people on, on many different levels and a lot of people with existing heart conditions already. So we've seen a massive increase on our helpline. You know, lots of people falling up, um, worried about catching COVID, worried about vaccinations, worried about the family. So massive increase in um, just the general public's concern really around COVID and heart problems. We've also had a lot of calls around access to um, GPs and to cardiology because staff have been redeployed to areas you know on the COVID wards so there's not been the same um, service across the UK so there's been concerns about that as well. What's the British Heart Foundation doing to raise awareness of the issue? We're doing a number of things I think one of the most exciting things that um, we've managed to, to help support is getting um, CPR training on the school curriculum for all children. All children in England and Wales will have 
um, training as part of the, you know, part of the schoolwork, if you like, to learn CPR. So that's something that we're, we're very pleased about. We supply um, the CPR kits for local communities and for schools if they want to, to set up something locally. You know, you might want to train your, your communities on CPR so we can help support that as well. Raising awareness with the government about what the issues are that the general public have is, is something that we do as well. And I don't know whether you've seen our TV advert that's gone out as well, um, just to encourage people to learn CPR and direct them to our web pages where they can, like I said, they can read through what to do, they can look at the training videos they can see how they could potentially access the CPR kits. And these kits, are they free or just to buy them? They're free but there's certain criteria around it so I think probably people are interested is go to our website which is um, www.b for British, H for Heart and F for Foundation so it's bhf.org.uk and there's a form that you can fill in on the website um, and the, the team will, will look at that and assess that. And they can also form a helpline as well if anybody's got any general questions about um, accessing kits, etc. How can people find out more about your service? So, if you've got a helpline, you said it earlier, and if you want to give a plug about the advertisement you did as well, just nice it, and the website, how can people find you on social media and your helpline? Social media is BHF, so you can just search for BHF or British Heart Foundation, we're on all the social media platforms. The advert that went out was on the back of, we did an advert quite a few years ago now, where Vinnie Jones, the footballer, was teaching people to do CPR, and so it was on the back of that really, so it was Vinnie Jones just saying, you know, this, this is an advert that we wasn't expecting to do in you know, in the middle of the Euros, it should be talking about the teams and the excitement. So it's just basically around that, you know, and how, how important it is to learn CPR. So, yeah, I mean, we would direct people to our website. We've got all the different resources. Listen there. on all major podcast services, including the likes of Spotify, Apple Music, ACAS, Google Podcasts. Or you can email us as well, which is here to help at bhf.org here which is h-e-r-e-2-t-o-help h-e-l-p at bhf.org I'm Joanne Whitmore I'm one of the senior cardiac nurses at the British Heart Foundation which is a heart and circulatory condition research charity and I'm here on Sport Tech with a boom Listen on all major podcast services including the likes of Spotify Apple Music ACAS Google Podcasts This is Carrington McDuffie I'm a singer-songwriter minor rock and roll star out of the USA talking to you from deep in the heart of the Lone Star State of Texas. I've been writing songs all my life since I was 13 I guess is when I really started with that but I've been involved in music since before I could speak I would say. I sang in choruses and played instruments growing up but it was when I started writing my own songs that I began to focus on music in a different way and I wrote a lot of songs through my teen years. I've lived in a lot of different cities where I've showcased with fans. I've lived in New York which is where I'm from, New York, New York. I've lived in Boston, Baltimore, spent a lot of time in LA showcasing there and Seattle where I also co-owned a project studio and started up a, a voiceover career. And then I moved again to Austin, Texas, which is where I am at the moment. And I have musicians I work with here and I record a lot in Nashville. I just started working with some guys in upstate New York and the new album that I have out, which is called Sweet Little Mystery is I think my sixth or seventh record, maybe in the last seven years, something like that. I've been putting 
putting out a record just about every year. And I tour in the UK when possible, which of course hasn't been possible. The last year and a half, I've canceled three tours to the UK. I'm sorry to say, but I look forward to being back there when it's possible to be back again because I have a band in Glasgow, my Scottish band. I love those guys. And I was thinking about living part-time in Glasgow and basing myself part-time out of the UK. But then, you know, we're dealing with some other international things right now. So we'll see where that goes. But right now I'm just writing songs and recording songs. And I've got this brand new record that just dropped and a new song out with a brand new video that comes out tomorrow called Under the Sky. And the record is an LP called Sweet Little Mystery. I'm really excited about it. And I'm so pleased that you wanted to uh, talk to me about it. So this song, Sweet Little Mystery, is it to do with someone? Someone goes mystery and they've lost themselves in the actual rock and roll song or tell me a bit about your song uh, this new one that's just launched how can people watch it on youtube it's been a very big hit on spotify and different apple music give me a bit of background of the song i have another new song that's just out today with a new video tomorrow but they're all on the same record sweet little mysteries the title track to the record and i use romance as a metaphor a lot in my songs it's really a handy <laughs> metaphor it makes us feel so many different kinds of ways and that particular song is really inspired by the mystery of what makes us be drawn and attracted and to another person and fall in love with them. You can list all the reasons for that, but still, you can't get the mystery behind it all. And that's what that song describes. And your new song, is that out just recently, just uh, today? Or when's that new song coming out? Uh, well, there's... um. The Sweet Little Mystery has a great video on my YouTube channel, which, as you mentioned, it's gotten a lot of streams. That one is really worth watching. And tomorrow, a new video drops for another song on the record called Under the Sky. That will be live later Friday evening. Right, so it's not come out yet in the UK, the song, or can people download it from iTunes and um, different formats? Yeah, No, it's downloadable because it's on the record, and the record came out a couple of weeks ago, so everything on the record is available. The best way to get to it is via my website, CarringtonMcDuffie.com. And from there, you can navigate to any of the social media platforms. But what I recommend is YouTube, because I've got so many great videos on there that are really fun to watch. Spotify, of course, everything that I have is on Spotify. It's on iTunes. So you can access it all easily from my, my website. That's a kind of a good place to start. Because of the COVID-19, you couldn't tour in the UK. Have you got any new dates lined up for the views that are into rock and roll? music i don't have dates lined up at the moment i'm watching to see how things unfold they lift lockdowns and then they try to put them down again now i'm in texas where we have a lot freer movement but still things are very changeable so i haven't scheduled anything at the moment i expect to for the fall and i will report back to you as soon as i have any information about that what i really look forward to though is getting back to the uk and until international flying is a little more reasonable i won't be able to do that but i just can hardly wait hey this is Carrington McDuffie and you're listening to Sport Tech with Abu.
with Abu. Catch the latest interviews from the professionals of their specialized fields, singers, charities for the blind, and from blind sports athletes. My name is Elise. Um, I'm a pop singer and songwriter. I just dropped my debut album, Chaotic, uh, about a month and a half ago, and I am very excited to be here today. I've been singing my entire life. What really first got me into it is I kind of just had like an inclination to sing as a really young kid. When I was like seven, my parents got me a karaoke machine and they got me a couple of CDs. And I literally just used the karaoke machine to death until the CDs literally didn't work anymore. Um, and I would just sing on this thing all the time and from there I just always was in choir and like local talent competitions um, and just singing as much as I could and as much as possible locally until eventually I got a little older and when I turned 17 I moved to LA and came here and started you know doing music professionally full-time so just been doing that since then. What moved you to LA from UK was it because of the singing or was it more that you said I've got more potential of uh, creating a career in Los Angeles it was a mixture of the two I always knew what I wanted to do since I was a really young kid I knew I wanted to do music and make a career out of it so as soon as I felt like I was ready and mature enough and had the means to I came to LA immediately how did you come up with this idea and it's been given a huge hit on Spotify iTunes and YouTube for my songs feeling something bad I came up with the idea because the song is basically about having a crush on someone so I wanted to make a song about how it feels to have a crush on someone who's very much unattainable somebody who you know it's not gonna work out with but yet you want to try anyway because you're feeling for them. If you don't mind, could you give us a couple of lines from your new song, if you don't mind singing it? How can I say what I want to say? Never learned how to really speak my mind. Let me get a word in I Guess my brain doesn't think I should try. Come up to ten and play it on rewind. How do I say what I'm trying to say when I can't even look you in the eye? Three best tips that you could give to someone that um, has never been in the music industry and how can they uh, do it? And also, do you play instruments? I play some piano, some guitar. And for someone who's never been in the music industry and would like to get into it, some tips I would say, it's a very push-pull industry. It's a very, very cutthroat industry. And I think over the years, the most important thing I've learned is that you really need to have a very solid idea of who you are as an artist because there's going to be a lot of people who want to push you in different directions and you know push their stuff on you and it's really important to stay true to who you are and it's also very important to find people around you who believe in you as an artist and your idea of who you are as an artist so what got you made playing these instruments have you ever played them while you've singing in the songs as well or just do it as a hobby playing instruments i'm not much of an instrumentalist i'd say singing and songwriting are my main passions and focuses but i love playing piano i love messing around with all things music and anything that that encompasses so you know i just accompany myself while i sing do you think poetry and someone that's really passionate in sing songwriting yourself does that make 
a part of it as well? I think for me personally, a huge part of what made me love songwriting was that I loved reading growing up. So I think any type of like literature could definitely have a direct link into music and songwriting for sure. I think it's all very connected. If you was going to look up to any celebrity or singer, what singer would you admire and that you say I would love to be like them one day and win a award? I am obsessed with Ariana Grande. I'll have to say Ariana. I love her so much. How can people get hold of yourself on your social media and if you could spell it out for them as well? My name is Elise. My social media links are all at E-L-L-I-S-E, Elise. And you can also find me on Spotify or any streaming service you use in that same name. Do you have a website or a YouTube channel? I have a YouTube channel. If you just search Elise, E-L-L-I-S-E, you'll be able to find my YouTube channel and I have music videos and um, a live performance video. And are you thinking of planning to do any tours lately around the world or are you just waiting for the lockdown to lift because during the COVID-19 how have it been challenging and uh, how you come over that as well? COVID was definitely a challenging time for everyone on earth which is crazy as far as like my life as an artist you know you couldn't really tour do shows or anything but now that things are starting to lift and get a little bit more back to normal uh, around the world I'm vaccinated as soon as things are safe and open back up I am definitely planning on going to Europe to all different places so I'm very excited. Hi everyone my name is Elise and you are listening to my new song Feeling Something Bad on Sport Tech with Abu. Difficult, wanna be a pretty baby centerfold. I don't know, I sound delusional, but when we kissed, you gave an inch, I took a mile. And I see you in sleep, please don't hate me. If I bring this to the light, I'm not crazy. Think I might be feeling something bad. Thank you for listening to the Sport Tech with Abu today with various of platforms of interviews specializing in their special needs and various of topics that we cover every episode. So please give us a like, comment, share and please subscribe to the Sport Tech with Abu. And also you can find me on more various of social media platforms as well, such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So Facebook page is Abu Bakr Sports and Technology. Facebook ID is Abu Bakr Ishtiak. And Twitter is abuish30. That's A-B-U-I-S-H 30 as the number 30. And my Instagram is abubakarish30. That's A-B-U-B-A-K-R-I-S-H-T-I-A-Q. So please give a like, comment, share and subscribe to my Sport Tech with Abu because we cover every angle.